0: I'm Richard, and I'm Will, and together we're The The Irreverent Irreverent Nerds! Nerds! Nerds, Or more specifically, Subscriber Nerds! (laughs) So, for the two of you that are currently subscribed, and for the many, many future subscribers that we hope to have, welcome to another subscriber-exclusive review! Or the Arabic Nerds podcast. So tonight, you got just me. It's just Richard tonight, just me. And let's see, there we go. Um, trying to figure out my mic system here. I'm actually driving to the theater right now. Uh, there's three reasons you're getting just me tonight. Number one, it's July 20th, and I told you all that I would release the next bonus episode tomorrow, so I've got to get it done. Uh, tonight so that it releases on time uh so that's reason number one uh reason number two that it's just me uh reviewing this particular movie which is Oppenheimer Going to am going to see Oppenheimer is that I, I just have been looking forward to it and I just really want to go see it and I want to see it on an opening night and and Will and this is I guess reason number three that it's me only Will couldn't make it tonight because he is at his mom's birthday party which is where he should be that's more important um But yeah, it's it's just me. I feel a little selfish doing this without my buddy. Um, Oppenheimer's not necessarily in his bailiwick in terms of the types of movies he really enjoys, but he he does want to see it eventually. He's not quite sure if it's one that he wants to spend money on. Um, That's kind of where he's at with it. But again, that's not the reason why he's not here with me tonight. If he was free, uh, we would be going to this together. But as it is, it's just me. Anyway, enough explanation for that so Oppenheimer like if you guys are on I know at least one of you is on Instagram a lot so I'm sure you've seen some of the same posts that I've seen if you follow IGN or if you follow Nerdist or any similar accounts they have been posting almost every day it, it honestly I've gotten tired of it <laughs> you know it's almost tempered my anticipation for the film a bit to be honest with you uh, they've posted so often about Oppenheimer and Barbie. It's like, it's like, are you getting paid by the studios to promote this? I mean, it, you know, it's cool. I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know if it's that damn exciting. I mean, maybe, maybe it's like Barbie and Oppenheimer coming on the same day, you know. Uh, that being said, I do want to see both films, believe it or not. Um You might not expect that I'd want to see Barbie, but I actually have a lot of respect for both Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumgartner, who co-wrote the screenplay for Barbie, and Greta Gerwig, who's directing, I think, I believe the only thing... I've heard raves... I believe she directed Midsommar, if I'm not mistaken, and I've heard raves about that. I may be wrong about that, but I know for certain that she did direct the recent remake of Little Women, which I watched with my wife and thoroughly enjoyed, actually. Uh... Again, I don't know if you should be surprised by that, but I did. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. Uh, And uh, almost any movie that Cher Shea Ronan is in is is guaranteed to be interesting because she makes good choices. Uh, Even back to when she was a kid, like one of her very first, uh, The Lovely Bones. You know, very good choice on her part, uh, in my opinion. And has continued to make good choices in the films that she's in. Uh, Maybe with one or two exceptions anyway that 's beside the point, uh, so I, I do actually want to see Barbie, but not necessarily enough to to do the marathon of like seeing Barbie and Oppenheimer in the same day um, or even necessarily the same weekend. Um, if I had more money as well, then I, I might consider that but eventually i 'm going to I will get around to seeing Barbie, but Oppenheimer is a film that is is most definitely designed to be seen in the theater I mean and Christopher Nolan only honestly he only going back, honestly, to Batman Begins, I guess, really, he makes movies to be seen in the theater, I mean, that's one of his, he's very intentional about that, and uh, so far, now, I did not, unfortunately, I did not catch Dunkirk in theaters when it came out, um that's my own fault it's kind of like i was on the fence i'm like i don't know if i want to see a war movie like i've heard it's great and i know it's nolan but do i want to see a war movie i don't really know i kind of wasn't in the mood at that time but now i wish i wish i had i guess i still haven't caught up with it but i i do fully intend to get caught up with it um but yeah like he, he makes movies that are intended to be seen in theaters and this one in particular i, I think it's the first one he's made that it was filmed if I'm not mistaken, entirely in IMAX, 70mm. In fact, they actually sent, like, literal rolls of film were sent out to select IMAX theaters. Like, that's fucking awesome. I mean, that the dude recorded on film. Like, film. Like, that's pretty cool, Uh, honestly. I I think that's cool. And uh, I heard that the reels, because it's a three-hour movie and it's on 70mm, it's, like, literally miles long. Like, this massive reel is landing in, in select theaters those that still have a projector are those that were willing to spring for a new projector you know like I, that's pretty cool you know some retro shit which is right up our alley on the irreverent nerds like we like nostalgia and and um i i think there is something to be said for the chemical reaction that occurs you know when you use traditional film stock you know when you use traditional film like just the light is literally hitting it and causing a chemical reaction and capturing all, all the photons i don 't know all the physics behind it, but I know that there's a f- it's like a physical record if you will it's not just digital it doesn't just exist in in the abstract digital world, so to speak um, not knocking digital cameras they 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 make some gorgeous films with with digital cameras not knocking those but but there is something that feels kind of special about it. and maybe some of that is n- just simply nostalgia because for, for over a hundred years like that was still the primary means by which we recorded movies was on was on film obviously the film got more advanced and the cameras more sophisticated over the years but it's still the the basic idea of like capturing light on film if you will um, and then, you know as digital has gotten more and more prominent you know you're still capturing the light just in a little bit different way if you will but no, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that now. Obviously, unfortunately, I will be seeing it on a digital projector, so I won't get the full experience. I, but I don't think anywhere... None of the theaters in my town um, have that. There there might be one in my state. I'm not... Like, if there's anywhere in the state that that would have sprung for that or that might have still had one of those cameras around, it would have been the IMAX Theater in Raleigh. Uh, it was the very first. For a long time, it was... There were only two IMAX theaters in our state. There was one in Charlotte, and there's one in Raleigh. I've never been to the one in Charlotte. Um, It's at a science center in Charlotte, but I have been into the one in Raleigh a number of times over the years. Uh, I went to see Avatar there. I think Spider-Man 3 was the first um, feature film that I saw there. And I believe, I I think I saw The Dark Knight there, if I'm not mistaken. One of the the four times that I watched The Dark Knight when it came out. I think one of them was there. I'm trying to remember... But it, like, it's a pretty awesome experience, and it's like the full IMAX, like they, have the traditional cameras, the full sound system. Like when they started rolling IMAX out more on Moss, like, like one to every city almost, like, like there's one in my city. Like the sound systems seem, the quality seemed to go down, uh, whatever the reason, you know, compared to the one in Raleigh, which was back when there was like maybe one or two per state. You know, it was more exclusive and it was primarily more educational films documentaries and the like um but they're somewhat more ubiquitous now and and a lot more movies are made in IMAX enhanced format not too many are filmed like Christopher Nolan m- might be the only major director who who dares to film on 70mm IMA- with IMAX cameras like that's that's pretty awesome um I do think, now that I think about it, I think Batman vs. Superman, I believe the opening scene was filmed that way, I think. I may be wrong about that, but I think I heard that, and I didn't see it in IMAX, so I didn't get to get the full experience, but it was still pretty damn awesome, even in the theater I did see it in. Regardless, uh, I'm going to see this at a at a local theater, like, you know, the screen, you know, it's like standard size, it's not massive, it's not, not a 60 foot screen, um, part of the reason for that choice is that it's just cheaper. You know, I'm going to Marketplace Cinema here in my city of Winston Salem, and they have really good prices. You can see brand new movies, you know, first day out. Like this is, this is, you know, the night before opening day, if you will. You know, the Thursday night release, and, and they've got it already. And you know, it's about four bucks cheaper. It's uh, actually more than four dollars. Like, like four dollars and thirty three cents cheaper to see it here uh, than it would be to see it across town at the more expensive theater and yeah you don't get the recliners but the concessions are cheaper here and the, the movie is cheaper but they have high quality digital projectors and their sound system is is solid so I, I don't really feel like I'm missing much um and for whatever reason it's and maybe this is because they restricted the IMAX showings to IMAX theaters that had actual like film cameras or film projectors but it's not showing an IMAX uh in my city, at least not tonight, uh, which I was a little surprised by, actually, I was like, huh, oh, okay, well, uh, doesn't make much sense, Christopher Nolan, but but anyway, guys, uh, this is kind of my, my preamble, so the film will be starting here probably in about 15 minutes, and I'm about to pull into the theater here in just a minute, so I'm going to eat my dinner real quick, and then I'm going to go in and, and see this. This excellent Nolan film I'm already anticipating it's going to be excellent Robert Downey Jr. has said it was the best movie he's ever been in And that That's pretty impressive Right? Like Downey's been in some good stuff You know um, Damon has not said the same And then, you know, but But he uh, He came out of Like, he was going to go on an extended Leave from acting he said the only director um, Supposedly, according to he had told his wife at some point. I guess he had shared this in an interview. The only director that he'd be willing to to come out of that for would be Christopher Nolan, and Nolan did come calling. Uh, Damon was in one, a previous one previous Nolan film, and that was Interstellar, uh, which was a total surprise, by the way. I I did I had no idea. Like going into that film, I'd seen the trailers. I think you know, I had no idea that Matt Damon was in it. They they managed to keep that a secret. Um, I'm sure it got leaked somewhere but I'm one of those people that I hate getting spoiled so if I can avoid it so I wasn't going looking for anything but yeah I was surprised I didn't know Matt Damon was going to be in the movie I was like what so that was cool but obviously he's one of the main cast members in this so he, it's not a I'm not going to be <coughs> excuse me <coughs> anyway so hey nerds subscriber nerds I'll, I'll see you on the back end and uh, we'll see how it turned out. Nerds, we would love to find out who is on the other side of the microphone. There are multiple options by which you can connect with us. Our Instagram handle is at irreverent underscore nerds. We are on Facebook and YouTube as simply the irreverent nerds. Makes sense, right? And of course, we are on your podcast app. If you listen on Spotify, scroll down through the episode description and you will see a question. What did you think of this episode? We welcome your feedback, including your constructive criticism. We also post episode-specific polls and questions from time to time on Spotify, so please feel free to jump in and give us your two cents. All right, nerds. I've talked enough. Let's get back to this week's episode. Well, so I'm done with the film. It's definitely sobering, which I expected. I most certainly expected. Honestly, I had mixed feelings going in. I was like, do I really want to watch this today? Like, um, I've been struggling some with anger today. Like, is this going to make me more mad? Is it going to make me depressed? Is it... And as is typical, I think it's fair to say, of of Christopher Nolan films, it, it left making me think... About the big questions About life The nature of life Of the universe Meaning And obviously Because of the nature of the the film You know, contemplating Our own capacity To destroy Not only ourselves, but the rest of the planet What is it, the main quote? I think he says I have become God the destroyer of worlds and in the film they they certainly present Oppenheimer as someone who struggled deeply as I would say any human who had at least an ounce of empathy struggled deeply with regret over what his the creation you know of his team what it wrought some I think they mention at one point in the film 220,000 dead you know some of whom died very slow deaths died I think up to a decade later of radiation poisoning and the like but At the time of the the hearing for his security clearance you know was coming up for renewal and someone who had become kind of a, a personal and political enemy of his um, St- uh, Strauss played by Robert Downey jr um, it. He was trying to rig a kangaroo court, essentially, to get back at Oppenheimer for doing what Strauss believed, you know, was deliberately turning scientists against him. Much of that, I think, the movie suggests, was in Strauss's own mind. Spoiler warning, by the way, uh, if you haven't seen this yet, you know, and you don't know a lot about Oppenheimer's history, which I didn't, I didn't, I I knew the name, I knew, I think that he was the head of the Manhattan Project, but I honestly didn't know that much about the man, or about his story, so this, much of this was a revelation to me, Uh, it is based on a book, apparently, Uh, I didn't catch the full title, they only flashed it there at the end, but something about him being uh, the Prometheus, I think? Either Prometheus or Orpheus I get the two mixed up sometimes but basically the god who's like rising for the sun I think it was Prometheus it is interesting that he named the bomb or at least the test Trinity <laughs> um, although Oppenheimer was Jewish so i, I well, although they don't necessarily get into in the film whether he was orthodox or not, um, you know, or how committed he was to that that perspective, that religious perspective. But that being said, um powerful film powerful film uh masterfully acted honestly uh, and I'm not going to give it a perfect rating but having watched it I'm like I'm rethinking some of the other films I've given high ratings I'm like I'm I'm too generous with my rating system my personal rating system I'm too generous Need to be a little more conservative, I think, after seeing a film like this. Wow. Yes, masterfully acted. The cinematography was gorgeous. And it was filmed with IMAX film cameras, the 70mm. And, um... Yeah, performances, I mean, like, A-list actors came to this project I mean you've got Matt Damon as the as the general obviously Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer Robert Downey Jr. as Strauss and just so many good actors in this film I think this is good enough and important enough that Will and I need to do a full review of it for the podcast at some point. This is like an early, an early version, first release, you know, for you guys. Um, it's important enough, though, but we are going to do, actually, uh, uh, this letting you guys in on this secret, uh, or guy and girl. Uh, actually, I don't know who our second subscriber is, so you could be a woman. Don't want to take that for granted. Either way, uh, those of you that are listening uh, before, like if you do happen to listen to this before, we release this next week's episode, we're going to do a review of Grave of the Fireflies I thought that was appropriate considering um, just like everybody's going to be talking about Oppenheimer which I still want to, it's important but I thought that Grave of the Fireflies would be unique in that it presents in a very personal way but still the other side you know, the, the effects of, of, of everything from the from the Japanese side so we're going to be doing a review of that for this week's episode. And they they don't show much. It's it's more <clears throat> you like in this film you get more of a feel for the inside of Robert's mind. This is very much a biopic or a biopic, biopic. I think biopic, I guess is how you say that. Very much so. It's it's more focused on the personal element. In terms of tonality, it reminded me a lot of First Man. But if you were to take First Man and kind of mix it with Interstellar in terms of scope and, and tonality, uh, I think you'd kind of come land somewhere where Oppenheimer hits. Uh, I thought it would deal a little bit more with the science than it did. It like had just dashes of it in there, less than Interstellar, um, enough that you you get a a basic grasp. And I suspect, knowing Nolan, like, they probably worked very hard to get everything in the background, like, even when it's not in the forefront of the conversation, like, to get everything right, even down to, I would guess, probably the formulas on chalkboards and things like that. That's the kind of attention to detail that that he often gives. But yeah, I, I highly recommend it. The... I think one of the few one of the few um what the right word would be one of the few uh, few things I didn't like about the film maybe the only thing is the editing like the editing like the back and forth between the black and white and the color and the two, and the different timelines like the editing left a little bit to be desired. I think there was times where it was hard to follow the timeline exactly. Like, you more or less, you picked up the threads eventually and were able to weave them through, but there were times where it was confusing within the course of the film, so that the editing lacked a little bit, which is why I would would not give this a perfect rating. Um, but yeah, I think 4.5 Nerd Hats would be would be in, in order for this. Like, I would take a little bit off, like I said, for the editing. And I think they should have had a little bit more science in there. I think that would have actually been helpful um, within the course of it. But yeah, for what it's aiming to be, like a, a powerful and thoughtful biopic, it it hits that on, on the head. And again, like outstanding performances. Like even Casey Affleck makes an appearance, Rami Malek, is in a lot of these actors. I didn't, you know, and they accepted small parts, but, like, hey, they wanted to be on this film. And, um, you know, so a lot of a lot of smaller performances. Josh Hartnett was in this. I didn't realize it. I guess he, he looked very different. Like, I saw one of the actors. I was like, that actor looks familiar, and I couldn't quite place him. And then I realized afterwards, like, oh, that's who that was. Uh, and there were a few actors who were... Uh, like, the guy from Numbers was in it, but he was, like, his make, I think he gained some weight for the role, and his makeup was a bit, yeah, good, very good makeup on this as well. Like, production value is excellent across the board. Like, it was just really, really well done. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it to, to anybody. And, and. Yeah, I suspect it'll probably get a very high Rotten Tomatoes rating, probably about as close to perfect as you can get. And um I think audience score will be high well high as well, which Nolan Nolan hits on both cylinders most with most of his films. Both critics and general audiences love his work. And I think this is I will say, um, just a side note, and obviously you can find this out by looking up the ratings and stuff if you care at all this is nolan's first rated r film well no since memento i think actually since memento uh if i'm not mistaken um so it it did have some sex scenes uh with with nudity which uh i guess i wasn't expecting but i was like oh okay it was rated r well you know and that doesn't really bother me that much i just but for some for some who it might you know that uh just be aware of that but um obviously, whenever it comes out on streaming or or video, those are easy to skip if if they bother you. Um, But otherwise, you know, even though even the violence, like so much of it was just the power of sound and the power of visual suggestion and like kind of putting yourself in Robert's shoes and his mindset and his frame of mind. You know, aside from the actual test detonation, they didn't show any other detonations of the bomb. They didn't show Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I guess that's been done enough that they they decided not to to do that, but they do show the tests and they show the the impact it had on a lot of the scientists. Like just so many mixed feelings, obviously from Oppenheimer as, as well as some of the other scientists. And they allow space for those moments of both excitement over completing this this project, of of the advantage it gave us in this horrible, horrible war that we were in but then also recognition of what it could lead to and that people will be killed with it. And it's just heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, And then those issues are still very relevant today. I mean, you know, the arms talks and, and like, yeah, there's, there's more than enough of an arsenal, you know, with the major superpowers that we could, we could wipe everyone off the face of the planet you know hopefully we'll never hopefully we'll never get to that honestly i i wish you could put the genie back in the bottle you know but now that we know how to do it it's like unless you somehow not saying this is utterly impossible we'd have to find a way to to not only destroy in in every nuclear weapon we've ever made or make them useless somehow, we'd have to also have to find a way to destroy the knowledge and and let it never be found again and it would be a high cost it could be done perhaps i don't I don't know about destroying the the weapons, but the knowledge could be erased you know, but like only the people who who would know what to erase would be able to really identify what needed to be erased and then those people would would have to be silenced, which would probably mean they'd have to be killed. I mean, just to to be realistic about it. If we were really to try to put the genie back in the bottle or to close Pandora's box. That's why I say, like I don't I doubt that's gonna ever gonna happen, so like we're gonna live with this threat over over the planet for who knows how long. scary but you know you can't really spend like you can't spend your time thinking about it too much like you can't spend too much time thinking about it cause you'll go crazy and you won't be able to live your life I mean and and I have no say over who fires a bomb and who doesn't like I have no say over that so you know what what would even be the point so anyway, uh, I'm gonna sign off for now, and uh, yeah, I recommend it. Four point five nerd hats. I think I would give it out of five. G- again, the only the only downgrade I would give it at all is for editing. The editing needed a, a little bit of work in spots. I, I appreciate the the difficulty of the film, but but yeah, there's still parts where it was confusing. <clears throat> kind of lost, got lost a little bit, and um, but overall, just excellent, excellent film. Highly recommend it. As I do uh, every Nolan movie I've ever seen up to this point, you know, I think there's only a couple. Like, I haven't seen Pi, his very first. I think it was called Pi. I might be getting him confused as Aronofsky. Um, But Nolan's very first work, uh, I have not seen. But from Memento on, with the exception of Dunkirk, I have not seen Dunkirk yet. But yeah. Powerful stuff. So, go check it out. Oppenheimer. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Irreverent nerds podcast. If you would consider following us on Instagram, we are there at irreverent underscore nerds. You can also hit us up on Facebook. Just look us up there at the Irreverent nerds. That's our fan page. We have a YouTube channel as well, once again, The Irreverent Nerds, nice and simple, right? And if you go to www.irreverentnerds.com, that will send you to our podcasters for Spotify, formerly Anchor.fm, profile, where you can send us a voice message if you want to, support us financially, or listen to the podcast. It will also direct you to other places you can listen, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you name it. So... Like, comment, subscribe, follow, all those good things, wherever you find us, wherever you listen to us, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, nerds, live long and prosper. Avengers Assemble! I'm Batman.